What do you got against Ready Player One? Don't we all collectively have something against Ready Player One? Oh, no, it's dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's mainly the angle I'm coming at it from. <laughs> the only part when I saw it, I saw it in theaters with my dad. Yeah. My dad loved the book. Um, the only part I liked when I saw it is there's a whole scene, like there's a whole 15 minutes of that movie that happens in The Shining. Um, and you hadn't seen The Shining yet. And I hadn't seen The Shining. And I was like, this is pretty cool because it's like in scenes of The Shining, but it doesn't feel shitty or yeah. like they're just superimposed in. I mean, they are, but it looks well done. Mm-hmm. And then I saw The Shining and I was like, fuck Ready Player One. <laughs> Your only redeeming qualities yeah. are those of a better film. And also, I'm sick of people using my boy, the Iron Giant, and stuff. Because the whole point of that movie is he's like, hey, I ain't a gun. I ain't a weapon. And then other movies like this and Space Jam are like, uh, hey, what if we bring Iron Giant back to fight a bunch of people and be a big gun? <laughs> hey. So, welcome to our podcast, where today we're going to talk about why Iron Giant is the best movie. Chris, go. I have not prepared for that conversation, but in another sense, I've been preparing my whole life for that conversation. Okay, I'll take over. It makes me cry every time. That's why it's the best. (laughs) A plus. A plus. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Kremlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. We're actually going to talk about... Old Dark House. 1932. Or one. Pretty sure it was 32. I've I've seen several different places where it says one. Some say it's two. I believe you, though. Yeah. I believe you're right on it. And... And... Carnival... Of Souls. You were supposed to say of, and then I would say Souls. Souls. 1964. That, I'm just going to believe you on. Okay. I don't see anything else. You've seen these movies both. Yes, many I'm times. I assume a bunch of times. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw them for the first time. They're two movies you've been trying to get me to watch forever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, we almost did last week, but instead we watched 13 Salem's Ghosts. Lots. And Salem's Lot. And Scary Movie. Which I regret. Even before seeing these two movies, <laughs> I regret. I forgot we even did that shit. That yeah. was awful. Watched 13 Ghosts. I was like, should have seen. Yeah, that was awful. Uh, especially 13 Ghosts. Like, I don't know. I feel like there had to have been some... Yeah, let's talk about this again. ...oversight where at some point, like... I guess it's just a testament to the idea that, like, nobody's in charge. Nobody's... Yeah. There's no authority. Like, if you, you're you a teacher and your student hands you that, your first thing that you're going to say is, like, you rush this. you got to start over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I... Did you write this last night? Come on. Like, you I, can do better than this. Like, listen. Old Dark House, Carnival of Souls right off the bat I love both of them yeah I do arguably have more to say about why I don't like 13 Ghosts than why I do like these two movies are you gonna re review alright this ghosts. is 13 Ghosts part 2 <laughs> no do you have anything else you wanna add though real quick about 13 Ghosts no fuck that movie okay. oh my god yeah uh, yeah I'm gonna DM Matthew Lillard and be like come on man you're so much better than this no I you know what I don't blame Matthew Lillard it feels like he tried his best I don't know if we brought it up last week or not but there is a moment in that movie where they're making fun of him, like, Pooh, ghosts. He's like, don't, don't make fun of me. And I'm like, ooh, Matthew Lillard, just getting it again mm-hmm. and everything he's in. But also at the same time, Matthew Lillard's making money. I'm happy for him. So Matthew here's the few Lillard things I know. No wrong to me. So here's the few things I know about The Old Dark House. One, it's called no The Old Matthew Dark House. Matthew Lillard. No Matthew Lillard. It's called The Old Dark House uh, because that was a very popular, you know, sort of sub-genre of horror uh, still is to this day kind of a thing, but especially at the time. Yeah, basic rundown. Horrible storm, and two separate groups of strangers have to take refuge in a house. So that's one of the first things I want to say. The thing that I love the absolute most about the old dark house, my end-all, be-all, the cherry on top, as well as the chocolate filling. It's both the meat and the potatoes, and the garlic salt on top. Wow. Uh, is nothing 
is supernatural about this movie. Yeah. Basically, what happened is like <laughs> someone knocked on our door and said, "Hey, it's really bad outside. Can I hang out overnight?" And then uh, we were like, "Yeah." And then like your mom came over and your dad was there and they were drunk and they got into a fight and then for some reason my sister came over and started crying about how her uh husband like kicked her out of her house or whatever and then uh elric shows up for some reason and uh, wants to murder you and i have to try to stop him uh but then someone you know decides also they want to light the house on fire also all the while your 100 year old grandfather is upstairs <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah so it's just one of those things where it's like everything feels supernatural and yeah. eerie, eerie and uh, horrible and gothic and stuff. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of, like, I don't know, uh, sort of like how in, like, an Edgar Allan Poe story, like, say, like, the Telltale Heart, other than the fact that he can hear the heart beating in the floorboards, which is also could just be a hallucination, you know, there's no, like, point where a ghost shows up or something. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just human horror, right? Like, the scares in this thing are just real scares. Yeah. Right? They're, they're really things that could happen. Like, now don't get me wrong. Never, ever, ever in my life or your life are we ever going to be driving somewhere and it's going to be so nasty outside that we ask a stranger if we can stay in their house. Yeah, overnight. no, I was thinking about that at the beginning where they're driving through the water and it's raining and they're in that old Model T or whatever. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. This is a point in time where cars are just, just one step above a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so that's the only thing that is a little bit of a stretch because like you know when we talk about like the Blair Witch Project it's very easy to imagine that we could end up lost in the woods it's a little bit harder you know honestly this is just an amped up version of uh my mom let me spend the night at my friend's house and then their parents have been fighting all night yeah (laughs) and I'm still awake you know yeah yeah. So anyways, this is your first time watching it. This is also a golden age horror film. Yeah. Uh, when Universal, uh, from, uh, shit, we watched that little Dracula documentary, mm-hmm. which clued me into the fact that, I can never fucking say his name, but Carl Lamell, basically. Sure. sure. The guy who founded Universal, from my understanding. Despite the fact that... Lamell is actually Italian for Universal. That's very interesting. I just made that up. Okay. I believed you because of your heritage. You took advantage of me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Anyways, um, his like great great granddaughter uh, was explaining basically that like even though you know it was his niece. horror movies were were basically oh it was his niece yeah okay well she was very old she rest, was God rest her soul and it was maybe the early nineties so for sure dead R I P yeah. Anyways, uh, basically just saying, like, yeah, you know, the bank was dropping money off to them, like, because of mm-hmm. horror movies. He wasn't a big fan of making them. Uh, and that's just, why did I tell that story? Bleh. But Universal, yeah, just cranking out horror movies in the in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. But, you know, 30s, it really kind of kicked off. People were loving it. They're eating it up. Um, that's when your Frankenstein happens. That's when your Dracula happens. That's when your Bride of Frankenstein happens. That's when your Wolfman happens. That's when your Mummy happens. That's when your Invisible Man happens. As well as a slew of other just B and C horrors. Like, just like the Invisible Ray and just shit like that. But you would still use, like, your Bella Lugosi and your Lon Chaney Jr. and stuff like that. Fun, Anyways. Fun fact I learned today. Um... Back in those days when they'd play movies. Yeah. Going to the movies was like an all-day event. Mm-hmm. They'd play two together. They'd play their shittier, low production mo- lower production movie, mm-hmm. and then the big blockbuster. Uh-huh. So that's why the first movie would be called the B-movie, and that's where that comes from. Nice. And then trailing behind that would be a trailer for another movie. Mm-hmm. That's why they're called trailers. Nice. And then the second movie. That is a fun fact. Yeah. Fact. Yeah, no problem. But I'm, I'm running up to the main point that I guess I don't know exactly how I want to articulate it, but I do want to say, I suppose what you thought, because I, like I said, I don't know exactly how to articulate it, but I guess it's just interesting to me that your first exposure to Golden Age horror is not going to be like Frankenstein or Dracula, even though you said you've seen Frankenstein as a young boy, but don't necessarily yeah. remember it. But, you know, by and large, this would be like your first time. Yeah, definitely. So, so talk a bit is what I'm saying. You talk. I've been doing a lot of talking. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of... Um experience with the golden age horror movies i saw frankenstein as a kid a bunch a bunch um, yeah like it was just odd i have flashes of memories of boris karlov as frankenstein 
I remember watching it with my dad. I remember watching it with my grandfather. I remember being on at Disney World. Just stuff like that. I just remember being afraid of Frankenstein. That's pretty much it. Oh, interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't have much experience with these Golden Age horror movies. I love them aesthetically. But that's pretty much it. Um, and watching The Old Dark House... I never found it, and I don't think I'll find any of these scary. Yeah. I found it very charming, though. Yeah. And I can, you know, one foot in, one foot out, Mm -hmm. appreciate a lot of it. Uh, Loved so many of the the shots in this movie. Uh, I said to you at one point, just between us guys, just the most pretentious, pretentious opinion that I have. Oh, God, Chris, I love black and white. I love black and white <laughs> so much. Um, I think this movie does black and white very well. Like, we watched Carnival of Souls right after, and I thought it was just a movie that happened to be in black and white. Mm-hmm. Like this one, I was like, there's so much... There are so many shots in this that work so well, because you can just... A lot of shadow work. Yeah, exactly. You can just drape so much of it in just black mm-hmm. that it works. Like, a lot of shots of Morgan, Boris Karloff, mm-hmm. are just close-ups of his face with these just insane shadows over his scars mm-hmm. and just the the topography of Boris Karloff's face. Yes. He's got a very... I'm not saying anything new, but he's got a very, very... Yeah. You know, particular thing about his yeah visage and i think that i think they use him really well in this movie again i don't besides being afraid of frankenstein as a kid i don't know what Bor- how boris karlov comes off in other movies or how well you know it'd be interesting actually is to watch the mummy because the mummy is he plays the mummy yeah i'd like to perhaps not to table talk too much but maybe do that and then like pair it with the brendan fraser mummy okay yeah i do that yeah. <laughs> but it's an insane feature mainly because boris kind of plays against what they usually made him do which was the lumbering mute uh is, wait, and he's I'm, a beautifully elegant least well-spoken person oh he's not the, the mummy no he's the mummy that's the weird thing yes you're gonna love the mummy because the mummy that mummy doesn't show up until the sequels he's a totally different uh mummy in the original one okay. in, the, in the original one his name is imhotep yeah just like and, the Brian one. yeah and he is a uh I hope that's the right name because I know they changed it later. Maybe it's Karis. It's either Karis or Imhotep, but I think it's Imhotep. And I think Karis is the later lumbering kind of like... Okay. Uh, But basically, like, it's it's so odd because it's almost not... Like, as you were saying a second ago, you were never scared necessarily watching The Mm -hmm. Old Dark House. Same thing with The Mummy. It's a horror in the sense that, like, people kind of get murdered and someone's back from the dead Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But... Other than that, like, the story is that he's come back to life uh, because something happened in his lifetime where he was, like, put to death for some shit, right? Yeah. And it kind of fucked up afterlife plans that he had to be eternally with his true love, with his soulmate, right? And I think, I don't know what it was, like, maybe he was, you know denied the opportunity to be reincarnated as well or whatever it is but basically his true love has been reincarnated and his whole like shtick the gimmick that he's like working is that he's trying to get to her and perform some sort of right to like either i think kill her or like make her live forever so that he can be with her either way kind so of the thing. brendan fraser movie yeah yeah but without any of the action or comedy or anything like okay. that it's just like quiet and slow and uh, you seem more familiar with the Brendan Fraser one than I just remember briefly, is. I mean, I, all I, I remember is bugs crawling underneath the skin. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's ba- I, it's basically that. Yeah. With bugs, yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, does he talk a lot in that? Does the mummy talk a lot in that? Yeah, I, yeah. I, Imhotep is a whole character. You know? Yeah. Um, he's a very good-looking guy. I think I think he starts out as the zombie, and then I think as yeah. it goes on, he gets more and more put together. Yeah, that's kind of what happens in the other one. There's a I beautiful, be beautiful uh, makeup design that you really have to look at because it's yeah. an old movie. You'd have to be very close. But, yeah, slowly, like, the bandages are, like, fading on his face. Oh. They stick around for a little while, but they get less and less as the movie goes on. So Anyways. Nothing I love more than old-school practical effects like that. Yeah. Like, we've uh, I've talked to you about this before. I watch a lot of, like, VFX videos and stuff yes. like that. And nothing I love more than... Because, like, newer VFX is like, oh, cool, they did this kind of render map. Yeah. And they did this kind of, like, shading, and this is how uh, subsurface scattering works yeah. and stuff like that. But with old stuff, it's like, hey, 
this is a magic trick. Yeah. This is what they're doing. This is how they're tricking you. Mm-hmm. And it's so much cooler. Um, yeah, well, we were talking about that specifically because there's a point where they use the model card for the landslide that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 why that came up. Yeah, that was very interesting to talk about. Not as interesting as it is now, I guess. Yeah. But back to Boris Karlov. Yes. I think he's used very well in this. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't say anything in this movie. Yeah. And he's just a big, scary man the entire time. And he's great. Um, he's just hulking around all the time. He's serving drinks, and then later he gets drunk and starts smashing through shit. Yes. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from this movie, my two biggest takeaways, A, which is a smaller one, always gets me when I watch a movie pre-Jaws, I yeah. think. Just end. They're just over. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just yeah. going, and it's going, and it's going, and done. It's just yeah. over. Yeah. Um, I love specifically the universal. It goes at the end, and then it says, it's a universal picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it was the same for this, and then Dracula, which you watch the next night. Yeah. Um, and it was really taken by Saul at the end. Yeah. Um, I was telling you, yeah, he comes down. He's just got one hand on the banister from around the corner, and everyone's like, oh, God, after mm-hmm. they tell him, you know, we got a crazy brother locked upstairs who wants to set the house on fire. Everyone's like, oh, God, and everyone's running, and then he eventually comes down the stairs, and he's just this little old guy, and he's like, you have to help me. These people are crazy. They killed our sister, mm-hmm. and I know, and I'm not crazy, so they're keeping me locked up in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I got no reason to. We're giving this guy benefit of the doubt. I immediately <laughs> believe him. I hope this is where this movie is going. And no, almost immediately, he's like, I'm going to set this place on fire. Yeah, and then he's all like, eh, and Saul had a javelin in his hand that he's like throwing the knife at the guy. Um, that did take me out of it, though. When yeah. cool guy is talking to him, and he's like, ugh, like backing away and stuff like that. I'm like, I get it with Boris Karloff, but this guy, a foot and a half shorter than you. <laughs> and he's 80 years old. Just push him. Yeah. <laughs> And he's holding a knife in a not very, like, sturdy way. It's not like he's yeah. got a good handle on it. Just kick him. Just stand a foot away and just give him a good kick. They didn't kick back then. They were gentlemen back in the 30s. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, side note, just a shout out. You were shouting out Boris Karloff's visage. Another shout out to Ernest Thessinger. Thessinger. Oh, my God. Uh, such a fascinating man. Just such a such an interesting man. Just yeah. so fun to he look at. He looks like he was designed by Tim Burton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's yes. got that weird point at the end of his nose. That's yeah. not like... But no chin. It's like all just yeah. straight neck. Yeah, yeah, And a beautiful, beautiful speaking voice. Yeah. And, yeah, just from the top, like, just to run it down, like, I just love how, like... Guys, all these, like, weird little things that come out of left field, like, just immediately he's like, sorry, my sister's a bit deaf. Oh, also, she's obsessed with the Bible. Oh, also, we used to have this sister that died. Uh... Oh, also, watch out. Our butler's going to get drunk and violent later. Uh, Oh, also, uh, Saul's upstairs. (gasps) No one's upstairs. Uh, Oh, my 100-year-old dad lives upstairs. And then suddenly they're talking to the dad, and the dad's like, Yep, we keep Sal in the attic. Something's wrong with him. I feel really bad for Sal. That's an old woman, right? I'm pretty sure it's an old woman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, and I love what he's like. Oh, there's a lantern upstairs. I'm not that strong. You can go get it, right? Yeah, and then there's that point where he's like, well, how big is this lamp? And he's like, oh, it's pretty small. You should be able to grab it. Uh, anyways. Because at first he's trying to yeah, lie about yeah, how yeah. it's so heavy and he can't do it. Um, also, shout out to the sister. Don't know her character or actress's name. Uh-huh. But I love her. She's great. No beds. Yeah. I think she's, she reminds me, in a way, of... Um, the mom in Pink Flamingos. Okay. The egg woman. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Just loud, yelling yeah. the same shit over and over again. Uh huh. Gets me every time. Love it. And uh, also, just shouts out. Anytime there's blasphemy, I love when Ernest goes on his little thing about like, oh yes, that's right. My sister would like to practice her, her uh, primitive rituals. She would like to thank her gods for all the prosperity and blessings that have befallen this family. Go ahead, continue with your sacred rites. Yeah, no, I, I do. I also appreciate that about um, one second, Ernest. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't think of his name. That's what, another thing I appreciate about Ernest is yeah, that's his whole thing. He's like, hey, here's a bunch of exposition about what's going on in the house. Also, fuck God. Yeah. <laughs> So this oh this is something else I know about the old dark house. It's also based on a novel, hmm. uh, an English novel, across the pond, and it was specifically supposed to satirize or socially comment on the class structure in the UK. 
Okay. So that'd be an interesting thing to get a hold of, um, as well as probably a little bit of explanation, because I'm assuming that things were a little bit different when it was written. I want to say that the book was written in like 1890. Obviously, there are a lot of things that will probably still be very relatable. Uh, but yeah, that would just be interesting, you know, because like, I'm sh- I feel like the fact that like, you know, the sister's death probably means something in the novel or whatever in the context of like what's going on, you know, and each of these characters, you know, like you, you get a little bit of that in the movie with like Porterhouse, hmm. the big fat man who's named after a stake, being like, yeah, I'm a titan in industry who, you know, realizes money isn't any everything, but it's also really important. And then there's the other guy who's like, I went off to war and now I have PTSD, although we call it shell shock. Anyways, I couldn't care if I had a dollar in my pocket or not. All I care about is having a belly full of liquor. You know, there's all those kinds of chants, you know, where they're kind of having that dialogue. And yet, not to take any points away from the film, because I I love the film, uh, but it feels like almost a weird holdover from the book, because I I just don't feel like in the movie it's Mm -hmm. terribly present. Yeah. It's played up more for the horror, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is genuinely a movie. I agree with you. Like these golden age horror movies do not scare me the way that like the Blair Witch Project does. Yeah. It does not scare me the way that the Conjuring does. I think it is like I don't know what the word is. Like m- like very very mildly unsettling. It's spooky. It's kind of spooky. Yeah. Like that's exactly how I feel about. Halloween. Yeah. Halloween has never scared me, but the entire yeah, time I'm spooky. like, ooh, I'm a little spooked out right spooky. now. Yeah. Like, I would never, I'd never finish Halloween and think, like, ooh, I better look behind my curtain. Yeah. Because I know there's not going to be a man in a Michael Myers mask there. But the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, okay, this is a little spooky. It's atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that, like, this movie is a movie that I could almost, like, genuinely, like, see myself being scared by. Okay. Not in 2021. And I don't want to go so far as to say, like, oh, if I was a kid in 1931. Because probably Dracula would have made me shit my pants in 1931. Yeah. Anything would. But, like, I feel like there's a context in which the old Dark House is actually pretty scary, especially compared to, like, Dracula or Frankenstein. Because Dracula and Frankenstein, great stories. Mm. A little corny in terms of how they're supposed to be scary. But I feel yeah. like this movie has legs. I really feel like there's something that works about this movie, or potentially could still work, or is like maybe perhaps like a bit timeless. Like, I, I really think this is a strong movie from the golden age. Um, the only thing that I think is a little wonky is it does have a little bit of a sing-songy English like. Uh, <laughs> I told that to my baker too, and then he gave me four loaves. <laughs> yeah, nickels in my shoes. No, that's exactly what doesn't work for yeah, me about it. That stuff does not work. Is the, I think I even forewarned you before we began. The yeah, show. yeah. It's it's just the blatant 1930s of it all. Yeah. Um, it's that it is. Just well, shine your shoes, Mister. Yes. Oh, what is, that means? What do you mean, shine your shoes, Mister? Just how cl- very clearly this is just a set. Yeah. Um, and again, this is just me complaining about the movie being old. Yeah. And like, you know, very obviously the same hallway three times from three mm-hmm. different angles. And just the, oh my God, the, the cool guy and the girl that shows up later just being yeah. like, hey, I know I've known you for less than 112 minutes, <laughs> but I'm gonna let's get you. married. And yeah, I just feel like whether it's a movie or like the story of your grandparents getting together, it's always like that. It's like, yeah, yeah and then two weeks later, we were married. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, uh, other than that, uh, let me jog my memory a little bit. Okay, I can say this. Saul. Saul is an example of something I think is always scary. Anytime someone passionately starts reciting the Bible, <laughs> yeah. that's scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else works? Yeah, creepy old dude. I just love the fact that he's laying in bed and he's just kind of like, yes, ah, 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 my oldest son. There's something wrong with him. He just wants to hurt and destroy. Oh, poor Saul. Anyways, I hope Morgan's not drunk because Morgan will let him out. Yeah, <laughs> see, we keep Morgan around because he's the only one that can handle Saul, but you know. Sometimes he gets drunk and he lets Saul out. And if Saul gets out, he'll most certainly burn the house down. <laughs> you know, and I love that too. It's not like there's no, 
there's no like real mystery about it like ooh Saul is evil and this and that she's just like yeah no he tried to set the house on fire yeah, when it comes out, he'll do like, it again I'm gonna set the house on fire yeah um, I think the thing yeah I think what works the best in this movie is Saul yeah um, like when he comes out and he's ranting and doing the bible stuff and monologuing and walking around and stuff like that yeah he feels straight out of just a modern movie when an insane person is monologuing yeah um and yeah, I think I again. I think whereas the old dude in bed kind of feels a little Scooby Doo. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think he's maybe it's just a testament to how people don't know how to play insane people still, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just you know this is something that is held over from them. He's just compelling to watch. Yeah, he's great. I love, and I love his little slip on shoes with yeah. no socks. <laughs> yeah, and I love that he almost succeeds. He starts yeah. setting shit on fire before the movie's over. I'd really, I I hate to say this. But I, I, I kind of would, depending on who it is, love to see someone try to redo this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know who. Because I would not be so bold as to say, oh, I want to see this movie get remade. No, 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 no. I'd like to see someone specific redo this. I don't know who right now. Steven Spielberg. Nope. He would ruin yeah, no. that. He would make that very bad. I don't know why he's still making movies. But like, uh, you know, you, uh, 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 the one. lighthouse man is making a Nosferatu. Yeah. And I feel like that has legs. Oh, yeah. That could work. Because I, I think he understands that you can't really do the big Hollywood thing. Like, no disrespect. I haven't seen it. I'm talking out of my ass. Crucify me if you'd like. But the Invisible Man. I'm sure it's probably fine for what it is. And that's a very specific type of remake to do that does not always work. And that's what I want to focus on is the times it doesn't work. When you're like, yeah, let's take this hokey idea from the 30s that's really atmospheric and spooky, but try to make it actually scary. And it just doesn't always work. And I I, I feel like they're not going to do that with Nosferatu. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. The Invisible Man, but from my understanding, it's basically like, hey, let's take the concept of a man that is invisible and do whatever we want with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, I can't remember the last time I've been an ex- as excited about a movie as I am for the Robert, Robert Eggers' yeah. Nosferatu. That's going to rip yeah. so hard. And we'll cut this into a, a conversation about us talking about it being bad when it comes out later. <laughs> <laughs> but if he treats it the way that like a, you know, the lighthouse happened, the way the witch happened, I love the witch. I love the lighthouse. Yeah, so great. I really like to see it. Oh, the witch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That shit rips. Really metal. Considering how much I love... Oh, my God. I love The Lighthouse. Like, it is such a bummer of a movie. And usually when a movie's kind of a bummer and just kind of down the mm-hmm. entire time, I won't watch it again. I've seen that movie four times. It's so, so I f- good. I feel like this movie, if you were to remake it, I don't... I, I, I think you'd have to keep a lot of the wide shots. I think it would be Scream. I don't think you could do it very tight. I think the... Like you said earlier, but I think the remake of this movie is Scream. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're gonna... I mean, like... I don't think a lot of this would translate that well to a remake. Because it's, you know, old Dark House. Yeah. There aren't old Dark House movies anymore. No. Um, so if this... Again, if if this was to be remade, it would probably be Scream. If you're gonna... In the most... Heartfelt way. Yeah. Yeah, I think Scream would be the remake of this. I'll concede. Uh, that's a, that's a fine point. Uh, I will Thank mainly you. concede the big the the, 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 the conceit is what the, where the problem lies for sure. But I, I I just I would love. I don't know. I would just love this to sort of transcend its contextual like shortcomings. The things okay. that you know what yeah. I mean. Like I I would like to see this somehow. Like like. It would suck without Ernest Thessinger, but if you could find someone like that, you know, just those characters, her, him, his sister, the dad, Saul, I think that stuff's so strong. Like I say, I don't know how you get people into an old dark house, because again, that genre doesn't necessarily work anymore. But like to see those characters, I don't know, brought to life again in a way that could actually be unsettling and eerie in a way that this one isn't would really be something. But like I say, like there'd be so many like kind of caveats and like conditions that must be met and one of the biggest is you know you're right the, the, the genre doesn't really exist so like how do you translate it to the modern day um 
But anyways, that's just a, you know, one of those little private wishes that'll never come true. Even if for some reason they decided to actually do a remake, it'd probably be garbage. Yeah. Because again, doesn't really work. I don't see any horror remake being that good. Yeah. Currently, like in modern yeah. day, the way yeah. I, I feel like the way a good horror movie is made nowadays, and I'm just absolutely just thinking about Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we differ on opinions of this, but I think it is basically the best horror movies I can think of are uh-huh. just here is the baseline vague plot of a horror movie that has been done a thousand times. Mm-hmm. But we'll put something else on top of it, mm-hmm. like hereditary, the family drama, mm-hmm. and just the sense of just dread over the whole thing. But also, mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just a cult mm-hmm. who worships a demon, mm-hmm. start to finish. But uh, in my opinion, that movie works so well because it's just, like we were kind of saying about this, it's not that scary through a lot of it. Yeah. You just get this feeling the entire time that you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, just on a side note, yeah, that, the car scene is the one that, like, I was like, fuck, bro. That's the one that'll always stick with me from that Oh, oh yeah. You know. It's that, but more, more so, shaking that. to me, is right after the next morning when yeah. the mom is just, just hysterical yeah. about it in the bedroom. That, that gets me, yeah. But anyways, Old Dark House, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to put this, this is, again, grading it specific to the context. It's a Golden Age horror movie that I think absolutely deserves an A+. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of the strongest horror movies that Universal put out in the 1930s. Um, Maybe not as culturally as important as some of the others, but this is a really strong outing for them. For me, as someone who hasn't seen too many Golden Age horror movies... Um, and especially comparing it to the next two movies that we watched, mm-hmm. i.e. Carnival of Souls and Dracula, mm-hmm. I'd give this one a solid B. Okay. I was much more taken with... Carnival of Souls? Carnival of Souls, yes, but comparing it to another Golden Age, I liked Dracula a whole lot more. Really? Okay. I'm very excited to talk about that when we watch another vampire yeah. movie eventually. I am excited to watch Dracula. I almost want to watch it alone again one more time because like I said That's how I was feeling about Carnival of Souls. I was going to watch it. Yes, that's an alone movie. You should absolutely yeah. watch it alone, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely an alone movie. And in fact, I, I feel the same way about most excuse me, black and white horror specifically. Yeah. Um, whether it is Carnival of Souls or Night of the Living Dead or whether it's Bride of Frankenstein and the Old Dark House. Like, just across you know, generations, if it's in black and white, I think it works best. Almost like your Hogarth. Yeah. You know, sitting at home eating a Twinkie yeah. alone, you know. Also, something we didn't bring up about it, but I know uh, it, it really struck me watching Dracula 2 and you brought it up during Old Dark House. No music. Yeah. Um, and you were Quiet. saying, yeah, that is because usually movies were accompanied by live orchestras. Mm-hmm. And I think it works so well. Mm-hmm. I think it works a lot better in Dracula. But yeah, I thought it was, it was yeah. really... Uh, really. I think it was frequently that it was paired with. I'm sure there are plenty of theaters, especially like during the Depression, that probably couldn't afford that. Yeah. And as they were saying in the Dracula documentary, the other thing that would happen too is that they would just kill the sound and add in slides for yeah. all the dialogue. So one of those three things would happen. But yes, yes, one of them is that it'd be accompanied with live sound. Um, but yeah, and uh, I'm glad that that hit you as hard as it did, because yeah, that is one of the weird things that appeals to me so much about it, is like that just thick, thick fog of just immersion that comes from there yeah. not being like, because that's one of the things about movies that by no means am I saying like, oh, having a soundtrack, ugh. but that... It, you know, it, it's not until you're like watching something like Dracula, you're kind of like, yeah, I guess it is really weird that like you just pretend like off camera people aren't like playing the piano or something. Like, <laughs> oh, what is going on when the music is happening? I mean, yeah, it could go. Yeah. It, it could go it, it's one of those things that could go one of two ways. Um, I know I remember watching a documentary about Halloween mm-hmm. where people who saw the first cut or two of Halloween were like, this sucks. <laughs> Nothing happens. And then he put in the soundtrack, and people are like, oh, this is fucking scary. But there are, I, 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 it happens a lot in modern movies, 
and like especially like TV and stuff like that that have scores throughout the whole thing when there is no music in something you're just like oh fuck oh yeah. shit I yes. am there and that's something people point out all the time is like they're like oh yeah in the scene no music yeah and you just hear no that. country for old men yeah. yeah which is so weird because like again I'm gonna say it a million times I never fucking think about it when I'm watching the movie it's always later that I'm like, and fuck, that fucker's got no music. Chris, I yeah. didn't even know that movie had no music until you just said that, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lick of music in that movie. <laughs> oh. So anyways, to you, you said you were taken more by this second one, so let's take you to the carnival of souls. I, personally, yes. love carnival of souls. Oh, yeah? Um... Yeah, it is just like The Shining. Mm-hmm. When I watched it, 30 minutes in, I'm like, fuck, I think this might be one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's so good. I loved it so much. Um, it was something you brought up while watching it, and it's, I think, an overused word, especially with us lately. Oh, yeah. Very Lynchian. Yes. Um, and as I've stated multiple times, I've read that it's something he cites often as yeah. an influence. Yeah, it's very, it's very obvious throughout yeah. the whole thing. Um, Even just in dialogue, just the way that they'll be like, yes, you know, when your t- your t- uh, fingers touch those keys, boy, you can really feel your soul in it. Yeah. And it just sounds like, you know, Detective Dale Cooper being like, you know, I'm going to tell you what, this cup of coffee, this is the best damn cup of coffee yeah. ever. Had. Like, it's just so, yeah. like, quaint and, like. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's similar in the sense of, like, hey, what's the plot of Blue Velvet? Um some shit starts happening and this guy starts investigating. Yeah, boy decides to get involved in the mystery for like Yeah. No reason. I mean it's yeah, but the guy Yeah, okay. Uh yeah. Kyle finds well, an ear. Yeah. And just kinda yeah, decides to like it's almost like a hardy boy, I guess, is the best <laughs> yeah, way to describe yeah. it, right? Like it's just him But yeah, I know exactly what you mean where it's yeah. one of those things where it's like the way that you could be like, oh, well, uh, what is uh, fucking, you know, uh, uh, but uh, hang on, hang on. I'm going to think of one. Uh, what's Project X about? Oh, some kids decide to throw a huge party. Or Matthew Project becomes friends with a monkey. Yes. <laughs> you know, or and I don't mean that in a bad way. Project X, maybe it's a great movie. I've never seen it. But, I don't think it is. You know, also yeah, other things. Uh, what's Drive about? Well, it's about a guy who drives getaway car and uh falls in love what's twin peaks about some spooky shit in the woods yeah spooky shit in the woods and yeah that's what i think this is like what's carnival souls about a girl has a car accident gets chased by a ghost yes before we we'll do it soon maybe we'll do it afterwards i had plans tonight i don't think i'm doing them um i really want you to watch there's an episode of the twilight zone and before i ever saw carnival of souls it was always one of my favorite episodes still is one of my favorite episodes to this day it's called the hitchhiker mm-hmm. it's the exact same plot as this movie not yeah. to say that this movie like ripped it off or like that i'm just saying it's it's an old dark house story right and hey so, personal opinion this might be a hot take i don't know yeah but if for your movie you want to rip off the plot of a twilight zone episode more power to you in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. i think it totally works um and yes, I love this thing, and I, I really think that that episode, there's a good chance, I, I really think, I mean, you'll love it, I, I think it's this, this the same thing, just in a 20-minute format. Um, things it doesn't necessarily have going for it in the same way, but I guess in different ways, right? Because for everything I may go on to say throughout our conversation about, like, the atmosphere and the mood and the soundtrack and how, like, specifically the fact that it's this dissonant, like, organ music playing the whole time that feeds into it and stuff like that, I mean, you can kind of almost say about the Twilight Zone, right? There's there's this weird atmosphere about the Twilight Zone that always kind of... But anyways, to Carnival of Souls. I guess, what did you know going into Carnival of Souls? Because it is very close to the mainstream. I'm not going to say it's like a fucking, you know, hidden gem. Yeah. But I would say it's obscured. It's a little foggy. Yeah. It's like right there, but, you know... It, Not on the tip of everybody's tongue. Yeah. I see it playing at midnight movies off yeah. theaters often, and it's on the Criterion Channel, I think. And I knew 
nothing about this yeah. before we watched it, very specifically because you told me nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You just kept telling me, oh, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. Because how do you it. sell it, I guess? Exactly. Like, how would you sell it to somebody? Uh, I think you sold it to me the perfect way. You're like, this is a huge influence on David Lynch. It's basically <laughs> a Twilight episode, and I can't really tell you what it's about. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I fucking love this, like, from stem to stern. Um, I will interrupt you for a moment to say, am I fair in saying that to a degree... It's kind of a better Donnie Darko? Maybe. It's been so long since I've seen Donnie Darko. My biggest memory of it is that I don't like it. Well, Donnie Darko, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's the whole idea that, like, Donnie was supposed to die that night when the helicopter fucking thing fell on his thing. He didn't, and in doing so, he's created an unstable universe where eventually he has to come to the terms with the fact that he has to die in order for the rest of the world to not implode or whatever it is. Now, I don't think that the Carnival of Souls gets that deep, but basically the gist of the Carnival of Souls is that she did die then, and I don't want to really wager, because I couldn't articulate how but for some reason we just watch the events play out as if she were some sort of semi kind of ghost until eventually she is taken by the spirits slash Mm -hmm. you know potentially a, a death figure yeah and that's when she finally meets the demise that she was supposed to meet and then things are set right and she's found dead as she was supposed to be found yeah uh, this is kind of <laughs> yeah i buy that yeah this is definitely one of those things where like i'd like to see this again before i'm like okay this is what i think it is yeah that's loose i mean like i said yeah. it's not definitive it's just kind of like that's me kind of applying the logic that i have gathered from too many episodes of the twilight zone i guess okay right because a lot of the twilight zone is sort of a character being like well yes i'm death and i'm here to get you yeah. Um, Anyways. I love this movie. <laughs> uh, no. Um, there's, yeah, there's just so much about this that I uh, I was just thrilled with. Um, the biggest thing that comes to mind, I mean, not the biggest, but the first thing that comes to mind is just the, just wild, wild scene transitions. Yeah. That are so good and... Again, just like Lynchian, this feels like an overused word, but just an overused phrase. Just ahead of its time, I feel. Yeah. Like her, like, switching the, the, the car on, and then it cuts to her flipping something on an Oregon. Yeah. Or, or the guy being like, oh, it's right over here. And, and then the camera does a weird, like, 360 thing and lands, like, with the door opening to her yeah. boarding house oh, room. It's, yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah. Or, <laughs> on a side note real quick, there were multiple times where we did say, like, wow, that's really ahead of its time. Wow, that's really yeah. modern, even. Um, but I, I also want to give a shout out to the boarding house owner. You can take as many baths as you like. I'm not <laughs> yeah. one to fuss about that. Yeah, that seems very <laughs> David Lynch humor to yeah. me, and I love it. Um, I would uh, maybe the weakest part of this movie I would say is the guy across the hall. Yeah, I hated everything with him, but I do like it leading up to her just being like, I just I can't be alone right yes. now, so I'm just gonna go on a date with this guy. Yes, um, but I just hated him every time I saw him. Yeah, which I think is the point, but still. Um, I love her. Can't think of her name. Neither can I offhand. Don't even know the actress's name. But she just like... Um, I don't really know anybody's name in this. Yeah. Just like... A, but I would say just like Ernest from Old Dark House. She's just so striking to look at. Yeah. Like I don't feel like she's conventionally beautiful. But yeah. she's just... Yeah. I just like looking at her. And on a side note real quick. Like part of that... Like as soon as we were talking about not really remembering anybody's name... That happens all the time in movies. So what the fuck am I talking about? But I am going to say that like this this movie feels a lot like a dream you half remembered from last night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, man, I said the weirdest dream. I was a woman and I was like an organ player. And I just moved, <laughs> you know, to this boarding house with this woman. And there was only one other guy living there. And I don't know. I can't really remember much else. But I maybe my favorite like personal thing I love about this movie is I think it happens a few times, but you know she's a church organist. There's a few times where she's, you know, talking to a priest or whoever owns the church in two different churches, I I believe, and they're like, well, you know, don't you think that you should do this or God would want this or this and that? And she's like, hey, <laughs> fuck God. Listen, I play the goddamn organ, yeah. right? That's what you're paying me to do. Yeah. And I play the fucking organ, and everyone's yeah. just like, 
okay, lady. And then she sits down and starts playing the organ, and everyone's like, she wow. is playing the goddamn shit out of that organ. <laughs> yeah. And then I do like, even though it may be corny or whatever, I love that, like, she's sitting there playing the organ at one point, and she starts fantasizing about that man and, like, the yep. spirits and the whatever, and then it just gets abruptly interrupted by the the uh, the uh, the uh, the priest just going, like, what what the fuck? Yeah. That, yeah. that was satanic. That was fucked up. Well, you're fired. You, you lost your job. What in the hell was that? Yeah, and I love... Whatever she, whatever it is she's playing, doesn't make sense and it's weird and it's creepy, but it also feels like it fits. It feels like this might be a jump and this might be just me reading into it a little bit, but it feels like the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it all fits and it all connects, but also none of it really does, and it's just kind of yeah. out of place. It's so oddly, like intensely cohesive. Like every little piece yeah. is important and builds to this larger thing. Yeah, it's genuinely like an experience. Yeah, which yeah. is a always a corny thing I feel like to say about a movie. But like this yeah. is a movie where I'd say like, no, this is like, and that's why I say it's a movie. I think when we were talking about the old dark house, I was talking about like this is a movie you should see alone. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, this is definitely something I'm, I, I do plan on watching alone pretty soon, or just again. Just at midnight in your room with all the lights off yeah. under your little blankie. Under my little blankie. Yeah. Um, what else did I like about this movie? Um, well, on a side note real quick, shout out to the uh, director. Yeah. I think his name's like Henry Havrick or something like that. Or his, name is like a, his name is a name that's normal, but it has an H instead of wherever the word should be. Yeah. Or the actual letter should be. Let me look it up. Keep talking about it. But anyways, uh, long story short, he directed this bitch. He's the monster. And he's like the main ghoul. Um, I will make mention of the fact that also huge inspiration on... His name is Herc Harvey. Yeah, Herc Harvey. There you go. Um, yeah, huge inspiration also on George Romero, specifically for the look of his yeah. uh, zombies in uh, Night of the Living Dead, the, the original, which I would really like to watch with you very soon. Absolutely. Um. So, uh, Herc apparently scrounged together. I don't know how. I haven't read much. Thirty-three thousand dollars shot this bitch. He shot it uh, a lot of the times without, you know, uh, sort of what you know in film uh, lingo they call gorilla style, which yeah, no permits, usually means no, no permits and yeah. shit, no permission, just kind of getting it done. Uh, and it's the only feature he's ever made. Really? Otherwise, he spent his entire career working for like an educational travel guide, some sort of company like that, right? And uh, sometime in the mid '80s, became a uh, film instructor at the University of Kansas, and uh, died. Rest in peace, God rest his soul. And you know, something I you know thought about and 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 subsequently brought up to you while we were watching the film is like, fuck, dude, like, God, imagine just being a student. Who happened to have also seen Carnival of Souls? Yeah, and just come in and be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? What are you doing here?" Not like in a way where it's like, "Oh, so pathetic." Like you wouldn't say that verbatim, but just that thing where it's like, "What? What? You know, like if if you were if you were going to like, uh, uh, you know, uh, school and just for some reason all semester Gary Oldman was like next, yeah. to you, just like, "Why are you here?" But not like in a way where it's like, "Why are you slumming it?" Just that kind of a thing where it's like, "What a beautiful gift this is!" I, I I'm sitting next to Gary Oldman every day. Just that kind of a thing where it's like, ah, "My my film instructor is Herc Harvey." Yeah. Also at the same time though, if I hadn't seen Cardinal Souls and I had Professor Harvey, yeah, and just one day decided to watch his movie, yeah. I'd be like. All right, professor. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, like you said, this movie just feels like a dream that I had the other night. Uh-huh. So yeah, there's so much. Like I can't even think. I'm having a hard time thinking of a lot of this movie. One of the things I, I love that you did not get to experience because we watched it, I believe, on a free rip. Sorry, we kind of soft pirated uh, no, from the Criterion this, Channel. No, we watched this on HBO. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, on HBO, it's the Criterion oh, Channel, yeah, so yeah, you get that little, you get that little logo, and then you get like all these like production company logos and stuff like that. Um, the way that I experience it, and the way that most people experience it, is on a fucking. This is a public domain DVD, DVD, and so none of that shit happens when you put the DVD in. There's no play menu. It just fucking starts with that shot of them in the car, just immediately, just hard cut to that. 
I mean, even with all the the logos at the beginning, yeah. it's still jarring. Yeah, like it's just almost mid sentence or something. Yeah, like, you on a race? Yeah, and it's just like fuck it. All right, I guess we're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's so weird because how jarring it is. At the same time, from that moment, it again, it just the cohesion. It has that atmosphere the whole time. I feel like there are no like. This is not a movie with like highs and lows. It just somehow yep. keeps the same fucking feel the whole time. Um, so I don't want to do this because I we've discussed many times that just describing the plot of the movie is not interesting. Yeah. But yeah, uh, girls and boys, two separate cars, race, crash on bridge. For some reason, three hours later, main girl comes out of lake. I, we- I sorry read something where they crashed through that bridge. They did have permission to do that. But the stipulation being like, yeah, you got to pay to fix this bridge, though. And he's like, can't do. <laughs> um, and then we get the backstory about her being an organist who's going to move soon. And then she boarding houses and, you know, sees the, like, gazebo thing. That's something we haven't talked about much. Uh, the fucking, like, circus, the actual carnival grounds and oh, stuff yeah. like that. The abandoned carnival. Um, and the only thing that I really want to say about it is... The shots of all of these, again, spirits just dancing in the main ballroom is just otherworldly. Mesmerizing, hypnotizing, beautiful. Can't take your eyes off of it, especially like when they do the shots of a couple of them um, spinning, like almost as if they had like the fucking harness on and the camera's like pointed at their face and they're just, you know, spinning or whatever. It's, It's just. Again, like something, you know, as we were talking about with the old dark house, where like this movie is not scary, but fuck if it isn't like eerie and like unsettling. Yeah. Like again, like just like it's just like The Shining again yeah. to bring it up. It just yeah. gets you in not even a mood, but it just gets you in a state of mind the entire time. Where yeah. You're like, Phew. yeah, like when you wake up from a dream, you're like, what the fuck was that yeah. shit last night? Like. For some reason, I remember, like, an old woman with gray hair, and she had, like, two knives, like, right in my face for some reason, and then I remember waking up. Just that kind of a thing. I like, like, oh, it would take just one knife to kill me. Yeah, why, why, why the two? Yeah. And that's the thing, in a very Lynchian way, where it's like, why would she have two knives? I had a dream. Yeah. I might have told you this already, but I had a dream that I was... Fuck, I can't remember the beginning of it, because it's a dream, but I was just, you know, somewhere with a bunch of people... And from around a corner, I heard someone screaming, and a man in a yellow t-shirt with long, greasy brown hair came running up to me, screaming, and stabbed me. Uh-huh. And it woke me up. And I went, whoa, that was fucked up. Yeah. And then I went back to bed, and I had a dream that I was a par- at a party with some people. Like, I spilled something, and I was like, oh, I'm sticky. And we were in a hotel room, and I was like, I'm going to go take a shower. And I took a shower, and then when I opened the shower door, I was on a street. Mm-hmm. And I could just see, like, one street light, street light like, in fog. Mm-hmm. And there was a man in, like, a, a crane bucket thing, you know? Where yeah. Where you work on street lights. And he was working on it. And I was like, man, I've never seen this at night before. And then from over here, I could hear someone yelling. And I turned and I looked. And it was the same man in the same yellow <laughs> t-shirt with the same long hair going, ah, and he and stabbed me. And the same knife. And he stabbed me. And I woke up and I'm like, I'm not going back to bed <laughs> ever again. Uh, another thing we forgot to mention was that she starts hanging out with a psychiatrist who's telling her all about how crazy she is. Maybe a psychiatrist. <laughs> at one point, he goes, listen, I'm not a psychiatrist. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what he is. Our running joke was that he was a real estate agent. Yeah. Um, Something I, before we get too far away from it, when she's driving to the new church and she passes the carnival... She has a vision of the main ghost man, Herc Harrison. Um, and she's like, ah, and she, like, veers off the road. But then while she's driving, when she looks over, she sees him in the car window. And that's one of those things, like, we were mentioning earlier. The Every time that happened, I'm like, fuck, how are they doing that? Yeah. It's like a magic trick. I'm like, how are they getting that dude's fucking yeah. reflection in this car window? I mean, like... And it's like at a weird angle, so it's not very, so it's not him standing yeah. on the other side of the window as she's driving against a screen. Yeah. It's it's good. I love it. Another thing that I love is it. It does this really cool, like I want to say, tasteful, reserved, subtle, and then also almost dreamlike thing, right? Where like 
he's never doing anything necessarily threatening. He's always just there. Or walking towards where she is generally. Like when she sees him from like a, fl a one floor up or whatever. And he's sitting down looking directly at her. Stands up still looking at her. And then walks presumably to start going up the stairs. But you lose sight of him. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things where like again like. Is there anything? It's not like he fucking pulled a gun or like jumped down from a top of a shiver robe and went like yeah. or anything like that. Like, but it's so unsettling that he's being normal. Specifically, that like he's just yeah there. And I think very specifically that scene is perfectly timed because mm -hmm. it happens just long enough. I think the last time you see him is when she's in the car mm -hmm. when she looks down those stairs and she sees him. I'm like, oh fuck, right, this guy. And he's always smiling too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I love when uh, the boarding house woman comes in, and she's like, "Here's your sandwich and your coffee." And he, she's like, "He's like, who's that man in the hallway?" And he's like, "She's like, I'm scared enough of this house as it is. There's no man out there." And then she's even like, like she pulls the door, and she's so fucking like tense that she like spooks herself a little yeah, bit when, yeah. the, when the lock catches it. You know, uh, I'm gonna say she's my MVP of this movie. Yeah, so she's, yeah, she's yeah, she great. kills it. She kills it. Love it. Um, yeah. I also read Candace Hilgoss, the actress's name. Of the boarding house woman? Nope, main woman. Main woman, okay. Mary Henry, character's name. Mary Henry. After this movie came out, her agency dropped her. Really? They're like, you're, no, we're not, this is insane. This movie is insane. We can't <laughs> represent you anymore. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I mean, that probably sucked for her. She probably had a hard time after that, I assume. But right now, 2021, two guys who have no connection to it, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, looking back the way you would in like a memoir to just read someone and be like, yeah, and then I did this movie and it was so weird that I got let go. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. You know, like, you know, imagine, like, I'm reading, you know, Kim Gordon's memoir right now, and that'd be so cool if at one point she's like, yeah, and then Sonic Youth put out this record, and the label is like, yeah, that, what was that? Bye. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Just in any situation, having your boss be like, that was too weird. Get out of here. What was that? <laughs> yeah. You're out of here. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I explain. What were you thinking? <laughs> You thought that would be good? You thought this was, you know? You thought this would represent us well? Yeah. You really thought this would be the next Jaws? Um, yeah, so overall, I'm going to say, yeah, this has... Also, on a side note, like, as much as we say Lynchian, mm -hmm. or that it influenced Night of the Living Dead, again, I really feel like I've never seen this. Yeah. You know? The closest thing out of everything that it's influenced, again, is probably something that probably had a mild influence on it, is like a couple episodes of The Twilight Zone. I'm thinking of one where I think it's about a woman who's actually like a fucking mannequin but doesn't know it. And there's a lot of scenes like the ones where people can't hear her mm -hmm. in that oh, episode of The Twilight Zone. That, yeah. Yeah. And then the second one would be The Hitchhiker episode, which I would like to make you watch even just right now. Um, if we we watch that we gotta watch scandy darky tonight i want to see it so bad <laughs> let's watch a vampire one first so we can do the vampire before but we forget I just the vampires the book. i want to see scandy darky don't worry we gotta do vampires first let's finish vampires we'll see um so yeah uh and like i say and like you said it, it very modern and ahead of its time and and just one of those things where you just want to sing its praises from the rooftops you know yeah like it's it's like you said it's like a it's like a twilight zone episode where the entire time i'm like mm, okay okay where's this going what's happening all right but like we've said a thousand times i i'm just there like never yeah. in a twilight episode twilight almost zone like reading episode. a book yeah never in a twilight zone episode am i like oh i'm here i'm there right now but yeah. all, all through carnival of souls i'm like fuck i am in this carnival of souls and it does have a nice kind of ending and closure for sure yeah. and so do the golden age horror movies but also like a golden age horror movie i feel like it just kind of ends yeah yeah but it makes more sense because it yes. kind of ends just the way it kind of starts yeah it's like a, a closing the loop yeah very much so but yeah you don't you do but you don't i mean i i guess in a sense her just being dead the way she was supposed to is kind of like you know uh 
whatever her name is from Wizard of Oz waking up and her whole family being around her. Hmm. It's kind of like that in its yeah. own way. Like, it is resolution, sure. But also, I feel like it does just kind of... It just kind of starts, and then it just kind of ends. And the whole time, you're like, oh, wow. I can't wait to see that again. <laughs> yeah, love it. I'm I gonna, can't wait to be there again. I'm going to watch it. I might watch it tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's another A-plus in my book. I'm sorry to keep handing them out like they're free kittens, but... Yeah, I don't think I can't remember what all my scores have been, but I'm gonna give this one an A plus. Yeah, for sure. Loved it. Loved every second of it. I appreciate you making me watch it. Yeah. Thanks for having the patience too. Yeah, I will. I, Chris, I lo- I love being friends with you. It has filled my life with laughter and love. Huh. But there's nothing I get more out of our friendship than you making me watch movies I probably never want to see. <laughs> <laughs> You've filled my life with laughter and love, and I'd have to get back to you uh, on what it is very uniquely in that sense that you bring to my life. And no offense uh, 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 needed, uh, I mean intended uh, there. It's just you've put me on the goddamn spot by by, by saying something like that. Oh, that's fine. Okay. we'll We'll check back in next week. Yeah. You got seven days or until we watch two more movies. So guilty. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I think that's that. That's that. Mattress Man. God, that's what it is. I was thinking for like the last five minutes. I'm like, fuck, what's Chris's sign off? <laughs> what's so I yours? Can say it before him. I don't know. I don't have one. I always just say, that's that, Mattress Man, because I, I get scared and I never think of, I never remember the sign off until we're doing these. Well,. Said it before and I'll say it again. That's that mattress, man. Smoking. <laughs>